0: There's no panic selling. These people, you know, they may have bought at four dollars, sat through four hundred dollars, went back to forty, went to three fifty, back down to a hundred and ten, and they have not sold. All they've done is bought more. And there's no answer for that. There's no, they, they, you know, it, it is like art of war mastery by a bunch of idiots who should know better. And they're just, they're just like, oh yeah, I'll buy more. I don't care. My paycheck came in. I can afford two more shares. And you've got maybe 10 million people doing this who now own, you know, probably more than a hundred million shares. And eventually, you know, they might own everything.
1: But yeah, right. Let's, uh, let's do this thing. Okay. So, welcome to another episode of chatter today i am talking to houston wade now, that's his first name not the location he is a geologist astrophysics professor a current harvard grad student in history and according to his twitter bio the owner of a driveway full of shit boxes all in various states of repair and the author of the Nosphericgeologic.com blog so welcome to the show man thank you so much this is exciting yeah, not a problem. I mean, yeah. So I, I first found you uh, having read your, your GME thread and then discovered you were far more than just a man tweeting about about GameStop. So why don't you give um, both myself and uh, the people listening like a little background on, on yourself?
0: Um, well, so I have uh, degrees in geography, geology, astrophysics, and space studies. Uh, the focus of my background essentially is mission planning for uh, space mining missions in the future. And wow. I... Teach at uh, uh, Edmonds College in the Seattle area, and uh, I also run a, a geological exploration company called Noosphere Geologic, where I specialize in uh, precious gemstones.
1: Wow! So your space planning is coming is going to come in very useful for all of the people who are waiting on the rocket to the moon with uh, with GameStop. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so like where did you first come across this this story because we'll we'll get into some more of the details um but where did it first like cross your radar
0: uh right right before the initial baby squeeze in january uh i i you know about 10-15 years ago i traded a lot in penny stocks and and just kind of was figuring out the system and playing with that and then you know I had to do things with my life <laughs> <And> I couldn't <laughs> spend all day in front of the computer. And, uh, uh, so I haven't, I haven't done much beyond just like, you know, taking a chunk of my salary and just throwing it into mutual funds for a while. But then, um, I read about the, the, the coming, the impending squeeze that was going to happen with GameStop. And then I was like, Oh, this is crazy. And I think at the time, you know, the price was at $20 a share. And I thought, Oh, well, you know, I could throw some money at it, but you know, I can't see it squeezing past like 60 bucks. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't that in tune to it. And then it shot to 400. All the shenanigans happened with, uh, 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 Robin hood and, and people not being allowed to trade. And they did seemed seem really squirrely to me. So I started digging deeper and looking at, uh, uh, counterfeiting. Um, I'd, been aware of counterfeit shares existing, but I didn't realize how diabolical it was, mm. and that these companies were generating hundreds of millions of fake shares to essentially dilute stock into bankruptcy, just make it disappear. And that and they're they're incentivized to do that because if they can make the stock go to zero, they don't have to pay taxes on it. So if they bo- they can borrow as much as they want and sell it for, for piles of money. And if they drive that price down to nothing, they don't owe the stock back to their lenders and they don't pay any capital gains taxes on it. So there's a huge financial incentive to bankrupt 1,000 companies a year in the United States by these shorts. And cool. a lot of it isn't done uh, through you know, legitimate concerned that the company isn't going to perform well the excuse always is shorting is is like a a regulator on on uh bad performers but what they're doing is is they're taking good companies that employ people and provide products and services and they're shorting them out of existence and bankrupting them for the simple sake of i don't have to pay taxes on that and i get all i get 100% profit and it's it's been going on since at least the creation of uh, the electronic exchange in the 70s. Um, but, you know, the, the, I don't know if you know about uh, the, the reg show uh, rules. I don't Essentially, think so. you're not, you're not supposed to short a stock unless you have it physically in hand. But they started naked shorting, selling, selling these stocks that they didn't actually own. And they're supposed to, uh, replace that stock within three days of selling it. Put, so the, the idea is, oh, I think the stock price is going to go down. I'll sell it for a hundred dollars. And I think in three days I should be able to find it for 50 and i will give the person the physical share three days later. That kind of changed to uh, you can sell a share you don't own as long as you know where one is. <laughs> so you know, you're like, well, I'll call up Ted and be like, Hey, Ted, do you have a hundred shares of this? Yeah. Cool, click and then you sell 100 shares you don't own. Well, Ted just got 55 phone calls from 55 different firms all doing exactly the same thing. And so those 100 shares are now promised to dozens of people. And what we're seeing is is that these failure to delivers are going through the roof. And uh, generally when you have lots of failure to delivers like that is when the stock is on the downside and it's being shorted into nothingness. But with GameStop is that you're seeing tens of millions of dollars in failure to delivers every single day on a stock that's worth hundreds of dollars. And that is unusual. And uh, uh, the SEC normally doesn't care if the stock is going to zero and there's failure to delivers. Like, who, who cares? The stock is nothing. They can go on the market and pick it up for pennies. But right now, you know, if you have $50 million in failure to delivers in a day, that starts to be a big deal every single day.
1: Mm. So you've actually answered my next question for me, um, which was (laughs) how do do we end up with, with short interest over, over a hundred percent? Um, but like it feels like the the i was watching that documentary uh the wall street conspiracy um to try and get like some background on on this while i've been doing because i've been doing a lot of like thinking and and research on on gme um with the potential to maybe put together a book on it but i i don't know um i'm still i'm still figuring out exactly how i would like what i would talk about in it uh to make it uh, uh, like compelling in a way that wasn't just like boring financial data <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, yeah, I think I got something going on the on the the community online. But like the it, it signs when you when you talk about uh, the amount of companies that are just being sort of shorted. A thousand companies a year are just being shorted out of existence. It feels like like banks have 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 found, or not even banks, like in, like financial institutions have found this free money glitch in, yeah. the, in the system that they are all laughing at us for suggesting we found by buying GME stock. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really crazy. But you said that, that it doesn't matter when uh, f- failure to delivers are happening on a stock that's worth pennies. Why is that more of a problem on a stock that's worth a few hundred dollars a share?
0: Well, so the initial short happens when a short position hedge fund borrows shares from a long position fund so right now uh let's say blackrock you know big giant institution they uh uh own nine million shares of gamestop and so citadel comes in like hey i want to borrow your shares and blackrock's like well these shares are sitting here doing nothing so they lend them to citadel knowing full well citadel's going to short them but in the meantime uh Citadel will owe BlackRock interest every single day, cash interest every day, compounded daily, plus whatever dividends uh, are awarded uh, to BlackRock while those shares are borrowed. And Citadel sells it, and then their goal is that that price will drop. And eventually they'll they'll jump in, buy it for, for pennies, and then return those shares to BlackRock, unless it goes to zero. And then Citadel doesn't owe anything. Um, When that stock is driving down, you know, a year ago, the stock was $2.50 a share, something just absolutely paltry like that. Mm. And, you know, if you have several hundred thousand shares that are failure to deliver at $2, who cares? That's chump change to these guys. You know, BlackRock doesn't care because they know that Citadel's good for finding a couple hundred thousand dollars in shares. It's when those failure to delivers are in the tens of millions. And I think during the baby squeeze, it hit almost $400 million a day in failure to delivers. And that's when, you know, that stuff adds up. And a big firm that lent out their shares like BlackRock might be like, ooh, they might not be able to find the shares to pay us back. And when those failure delivers get to a certain point that it starts to, to outweigh the leverage that they have uh, uh, that's when the margin calls can happen. And these, these short hedge funds can be forced to liquidate their positions and buy nothing, but, you know, say GameStop in a situation. And that's the squeeze that everyone is pushing for is that, is if you look at the numbers, these short hedge funds have over leveraged themselves to the tune of probably trillions of dollars at this point. And, uh, and not not just in GameStop, but in hundreds of stocks across the market, plus the bond market. They're shorting, you know, the US Treasuries right now like crazy. Uh uh the, the 10-year T note is shorted so much that sometimes you can you someone will pay you to take it. <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous. So, you know, if if a company like Citadel only has short positions and no long positions, what ends up getting sold is the shorts, the, the the it will drive the entire economy into the into the ground the minute Citadel gets their margin called on them, and I think a lot of big players in the market recognize that, you know, months from now Citadel won't exist anymore. It'll be another uh, Bear Stearns or Lehman Brothers, just blip, just vanish, and whatever assets they have will get scooped up by probably a big investment bank or one of their one of their uh, um, market maker competitors. Mm. now you keep using the phrase baby squeeze which yes. is
1: exciting <laughs> like, i don't know what else to call it <laughs> yeah well i mean like a, a a stock going up from four to uh four hundred dollars uh is not normally called a baby squeeze yeah uh, but we do not live in normal times anymore in in basically any facet of of reality <laughs> but um why do you think that this is not over because if you i mean for example even websites that uh, that are set up have been set up by by people who have been following the story uh, like is the squeeze yeah. it's saying that short interest is at 20% and and you know perhaps that could cause a small squeeze um, dependent on on how much of the float was available um, how much was being lent you know there's a whole bunch of factors here but why do you think that this isn't over? Like, what makes you say that that, that we have only seen the baby squeeze thus far?
0: Well, it comes down to uh, the, the two main things, which is claimed ownership and how many counterfeit shares exist. Uh, so right now, the claimed ownership uh, for institutions is around 200%. So that means institutions think they own, say, 140 million shares. But there's only 70 million shares of existence, and of those 70 million shares in existence, 25 million are owned by ins- by insiders and can't really be traded without, you know, filing with the SEC. So there should be 45 million shares that bounce around between retailers and institutions. So why do the institutions think they own 140 million, right? And we have no idea how many the retailers own. The retailers, you know, if I were to estimate, I would say retailers probably claim to own over 100 million. <laughs> And how, how institutions get such a large ownership comes from first synthetic shares, which are generated when they lend out their shares. So BlackRock lends a million shares to Citadel, Citadel sells a million shares, and I buy a million of them, right? So- when the time comes and the SEC asks who owns shares, I claim I own a million and BlackRock claims they own a million because they do, they lent them out. So right now, all of a sudden there's 2 million shares trading when there should be 1 million. What can also happen is BlackRock lends a million shares of Citadel, Citadel sells a million shares and BlackRock buys them again. So now BlackRock owns 2 million shares when there should only be 1 million. And then BlackRock lends them to Citadel again. Citadel sells them and BlackRock buys them again. So now Black, BlackRock claims they own 3 million shares. And I think this has gone on and on and on. And so you look at you know, retail holdings and BlackRock claims they own 9 million shares. You know, uh, Fidelity claims they own, say, 6 million shares and so on. Through all these mutual funds, ETFs, pension funds, and other long hedges, hundreds of millions of shares are claimed to be owned when – there they aren't <laughs> the, the most of those are IOUs mm. and and then on the retail side we, we might be buying tons of these counterfeit shares and the shorts for years we're trying to short uh GameStop out of, out of existence and and we know from history that they'll generate counterfeit shares and don't care about the failure to delivers. and so those accrue and accrue and accrue and those counterfeit shares are treated just like real physical shares and uh so if, if say, a counterfeit share is supposed to receive a dividend, it's cheaper for the hedge fund sometimes to just cut a check and give you that money than it is to try and find the share on the market so you get the legitimate dividend. Because right now, you know, it's $200 for that share. If there's a dividend of a dollar, it's cheaper to to just write a check for that dollar. And so if you look at if, – if you are curious if you own a real share or not, you can look at your uh, statement from your brokerage. When your dividends come around, and sometimes it will say, you know, dividend payment, and sometimes it will say something like payment in lieu of, which is the the short hedge fund essentially just cutting a check to cover that dividend cost because it's cheaper than trying to find find your stock. Mm. And so, you know, in in my Twitter thread, my original estimate was 200 to 500 million shares being traded, 200 million on the low end, 500 million on the high end, and the research coming out from people makes me think that I was pretty conservative, that it might be a lot more than that. Um, uh, There's lots of numbers that are coming around to 900 to 1200% uh, uh, ownership, people claiming ownership. So, you know, that's 640 million to 840 million shares being traded. And if you look at the the -the over-the-counter market, the OTC market, which is kind of the dark pool. It's generally for stocks that aren't listed on major indexes. Uh, uh, But, you know, there are days where a billion shares of, of GameStop trade outside the market. And are those legitimate shares? How can a billion shares trade when there's only supposed to be 45 million of them? You know, theoretically, yeah, one share can trade back and forth an infinite number of times and make that volume look huge. But, you know, someone still has to like input that data <laughs> and make those trades happen. So, I, I, I personally think that the the vol the volume being shown with GameStop being traded is mostly counterfeit shares that should not exist going back and forth.
1: Now, this is yeah. yeah. This is something that's come up um a lot, and I, I, I've been really trying to get my head around what happens here because, yeah. I mean, I want to get into just like how this how counterfeited the entire market might be in in a little bit but yeah. just just to focus on gamestop here for like a second like so you're saying that there's suggestions that like up to 840 million shares might might be floating around most of those 800 million maybe a little less yeah. if that is the case will be synthetic and counterfeit yep. like what happens here like do you do do you know that like i i I, i'm just really confused as to like where this goes like what what happens when when there's like a a a stock recall or there or or there is uh, or what happens to a retail investor if he's just sat there and and he's got his you know share that just is completely synthetic is is that guaranteed as a real asset of the is that is that even is it technically legal for them to even be able to do this and like flood the market with these with these counterfeit shares like what what well, what happens here
0: the you know legality all comes down to whether it, the rules are ever enforced right so you can make as many rules as you want but if there's no teeth behind them what's the point Wow like yeah. if if you never have a if you never have a, a traffic cop sitting hiding behind a billboard to catch speeders you can go as fast as you want whenever you want right so uh you know i the, if these 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 companies get caught counterfeiting all these shares well you know the fine might be two hundred dollars. like who cares if If you made a billion dollars, yeah, I'll pay whatever fine you want. Uh, the The number of times that Citadel's been caught doing sketchy legal things in the past couple of years is dozens and dozens and dozens of times, and they've made billions in the process and paid a few million dollars in in fines. It's just the cost of doing business for them. and uh, uh, but as far as the retailers go, those counterfeit shares, they're treated just like real shares. They're basically an IOU. So you bought an IOU that trades just like any 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 share of stock would. The difference is, is that, you know, yours isn't the actual stock certificate. It's this thing that says Citadel owes me a share. and And the only way Citadel can clear that is to either find a physical share and replace that counterfeit or buy it back from you. And it erases from existence, right? And that's, that's that mother of all squeeze that, uh, that everyone's talking about the MOAS, mother of, all, mother of all short squeezes is, you know, Citadel being forced to close all those counterfeits that they generated and all the synthetics that they owe to the, the, the firms they borrowed from. And they're trying to draw it out as long as possible. And their goal is, I think, to either get people to become bored and just sell their position and forget about it and, or to just, you know, stay, stay their execution, I guess, (laughs) you know, live another day, (laughs) but in the process, they've generated more, more counterfeits and they have borrowed more shares in the meantime, trying to get the price down. And all they've done is just dug a hole deeper. The, the, the apes as they call themselves on, on uh, Reddit, they don't behave in a rational market they you know when <laughs> when the price goes up you sell when the price mm. goes down you panic and you sell mm. all they do is they buy and hold and they aren't they are not obeying these normal market uh, uh uh rules and so the shorts you know they'll do a ladder attack and they'll sell 5 million shares in a in a matter of minutes and the price will drive down 20% all the retail investors do is they go cool and they buy it all up <laughs> And they have more shares all of a sudden, and, it's the, and it goes right back to where it was. And the, these hedge funds are pulling their hair out because there's no panic selling. These people, you know they may have bought at four dollars, sat through 400 dollars, went back to 40, went to 350, back down to 110, and they have not sold. All they've done is bought more. And there's no answer for that. There's no, they, they, you know, it, it is like art of war mastery by a bunch of idiots who should know better. And they're just, they're just like, oh yeah, I'll buy more. I don't care. My paycheck came in. I can afford two more shares. And you've got maybe 10 million people doing this who now own, you know, probably more than hundred million shares. And eventually, you know, they might own everything. If you know, if they if they keep taking whatever's being offered, there might not be anything left except synthetics in the the big funds accounts, and all the shares in existence, all the counterfeits and otherwise, might physically be in the accounts of of all these retailers. And then what? Like if there's nothing left to lend, and all the all the retailers hold all the shares and they refuse to sell, you know, that's when Citadel's screwed because because Citadel can't say, hey, oh, I've got you know hundred shares i can get from this guy over here because that guy doesn't have any more shares anymore he lent them out months ago and has never got them back so it's how it's going to unfold i honestly don't know but i think it's going to be such a shit show that we're going to see all sorts of you know laws passed by congress to make sure something like this never happens again because the minute you know it, gamestop is the only thing that, that citadel shorted citadel shorted you know BlackBerry, Rocket Mortgage, uh, AMC Theaters, and probably 50 or 100 other companies. And, you know, if if GameStop, with its 840 million counterfeit shares out there, all of a sudden gets margin called, right? That's, you know, if you think about it uh, market cap wise, you know, the market, market capitalization is how many shares in existence times the price of share. Well, if you go to Google Finance it says oh there's 70 million shares in existence it's $200 a share that's you know 14 billion is our market capitalization well 800 million are trading which means the market cap might be close to you know 200 billion and that's not being taken into consideration as far as uh, a Citadel's margin is concerned so when this margin gets called and they're forced to buy all the shares back. They have to buy 200 billion, which is half of their entire portfolio, right? But the minute and that's they get only margin, at the current price, exactly. And then, and then once that squeeze happens, the man goes to the roof, and that you know they're they're going to be bankrupt. There's just no there's no way Citadel can survive. And the minute they get margin called. They flood the market with whatever long positions they have, which doesn't really seem to be anything. They seem to only have shorts and puts and calls based on these shorts, uh, and you know that means they're going to get margin called on AMC. They're going to get margin called on BlackBerry. They're going to get margin called on Bed Bath and Beyond. They're going to get margin called on whatever else that they that they owned. And so you know there could be some old couple in Kentucky who have a million shares that are worth a penny in some unknown company and wake up to find a million dollars in their account one day, because, you know, five years ago, Citadel shorted a lawnmower company in Kentucky. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, the, who, who How this chain reacts down the line is going to be on the order of of 2008 and the uh, mortgage-backed securities. And when when the entire market was being driven by these essentially hollow uh, mortgages, right now we've got hollow stocks everywhere that are driving the profit incentive for all these big, big firms.
1: Yeah, I mean it's 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 utterly insane, and and you 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 I've got I've got a couple of, a couple of lottery tickets in in like a few <laughs> shares of of AMC and GME and, and BlackBerry, um because you know why why the why fuck why not? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but But you, you, the way you describe the 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 Wall Street's best people is amazing. you just like they're just idiots. Like they they they're <laughs> just they're not behaving rationally in a market, and 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 that's exactly what it is. This is it's. I saw this amazing comment because I've been I've been just trawling through um, posts for for weeks, like finding like comments and trying to assemble like how paranoid I think they are of the shills that are on the Discord yeah. on the on Reddit, <clears throat> and so I, I come across some some comments that are just gold, and the I, <laughs> I found one that said. The hedge funds have clearly underestimated a group of a group of people raised on Friday night World of Warcraft raids, <laughs> <laughs> which is brilliant. But so, like Citadel is potentially just gone in a few months. So when they yeah. get margin called, as we're suggesting, yes. is quite possible. Then. Um, they will liquidate everything they have in attempt to, to buy it. I think they're required to by law, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, uh, it's, it's not
0: them that does liquidation. It's it's the, the broker who they, they trade through. Okay. So the broker basically says, all right, you've been margin called by our lenders. By law, I have to liquidate what you have and buy for you to close out these positions. Uh, uh, I mean, if you had a Robinhood account on margin and you made a terrible bet, Robinhood just, liquidates what you have and pays themselves because that's they're like, screw you. You're an idiot. I'm going to take what you have because I want my money back. Uh, the same thing happens to, you know, uh, uh, Citadel in this case, or Melvin or whoever else has short as Susquehanna. Uh, and they go until that all their assets are to zero. And once those assets go to zero, and there's still money owned, that's when the insurance kicks in, and the insurance is through, uh, uh, generally through uh, the clearinghouse. So the clearinghouse now has to use their substantial 67 trillion dollar insurance policy to now cl- balance these books, and the trading computers at the at the the clearinghouse. They don't care about price. They just need to balance the books. And so what they're gonna do is they're gonna say, okay, who has prices listed in and uh their for sale? You know, oh, okay, there's a million for sale at a thousand dollars a share, buy all those. Okay, now there's two million, a thousand dollars and one cent, buy all those. Now there's five hundred thousand, a thousand dollars and three cents, buy all those. And they're just gonna work their way up until they clear out those eight hundred and forty million shares that they need to balance the books. And I fully believe that there might be some weird, you know, nanosecond where the only share available is some, some guy who put it for $420 million. And, and, you know, he sells 3 million, three shares at, at that price, just ridiculously because that instant is the only moment there's a share listed available. And, you know, that would be the absolute King peak of the squeeze. <laughs> it will be some guy who just put a joke price in to see if it would happen. And, and, uh, uh, you that know I better throw a party for everyone. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> and and you know, the trading computers at, at at the clearinghouse has to go until until those books are balanced. Like the squeeze will not be over until everyone finally gets what they what they're owed. And this is such a tightly wound knot. I mean, I, I was trying to use the analogy the other day of of this is like if you took sewing thread and you had a not the size of a house and you had to like undo it right and cuz you, know, you might have your 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 uh, uh blackrock that has their 9 million shares but they're all synthetic and so you know citadel like gets margin called finds a million shares gives the blackrock well they still owe BlackRock 8 million shares. And Citadel's like, I need more shares. BlackRock's like, I've I've got some I can sell you. So they sell those shares to Citadel. Citadel goes right back. I can (laughs) get some shares to sell you. And it just goes, you know, it goes back again like that. And uh, the dog's now coming to visit. Uh, And uh, so, you know, this to unravel what everyone is owed, because, you know, also these, these, these counterfeit shares have been bouncing back and forth, you know, I buy a share, I sell it. Someone else buys it, sells it. So they have to unravel the 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 chain of custody for those shares, oftentimes to figure out who owes what, and it could take days or weeks for this squeeze to actually play out. So you might see peaks and valleys for 10, 15 days as it goes along, as different margins get called for different for different uh, uh, short sellers. The thing is, is that I think you want to be the first one called. You don't want to be the 15th margin call because by then the price is going to be just stupid. And it, it, the, the numbers that, that, that people throw out there just seem brain breaking. You know, a month ago it was a hundred thousand dollars a share will probably be, you know, the floor. Mm. And people are like, not $10 million a share. <laughs> and I honestly don't know. Every week it seems to get higher. It's yeah. Because I, I, you know, I do think that someone, or someone's will be able to sell their shares for just prices that seem incomprehensible because, you know, supply and demand. The, one of the, the first things they teach you in, in finance school is that a short position has infinite risk. So, you know, the risk for me uh, is – I didn't get to go on a vacation this year because of the pandemic. So I put my vacation money into GameStop. Like if I lose my $1,000, who gives a shit? I'm right back where I was doing what I was doing. But my reward is $100,000 a share and I get to retire and never do anything for anyone ever again. Cool. I can can wait. I've got... All the time in the world <laughs> yeah 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 I, think, I mean it's a fair point it's like I,
1: I i mean like my friend and i are sitting sitting around being like this is boring you know i want to be rich already exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. but but like yeah for us it's just like you know like the, the the few hundred you know pound or whatever that we have in is 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 just not it's not that important to us yeah. you know it's it's just it's like like a like i don't know a few hours like a, i don't know a few days work um exactly. but but the thing that the mind-blowing numbers that get thrown around like even just the idea that that there that the, the 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 dtcc is insured for 67 trillion dollars right like yeah. even just that figure alone blows my mind because the world economy is 130 trillion dollars yeah but, uh, do you really think it's an actual possibility that because yeah. as far as i'm i'm aware now you can correct me if i'm wrong on this the the dtcc their like insurance policy <clears throat> is essentially the fed printing money right yep. is that is that pretty accurate okay uh, well they they, they have
0: uh, investments. They they have low risk investments. So they take dues from their members, from from people who who clear their books through their clearinghouse. So they take dues from them and they invest that into uh, low risk um, stocks and and bonds and things. And that's where it's essentially the sixty seven trillion lies. And if that gets drained, that's when the Federal Reserve has to start. You know, spitting up the printers. Um, And the last time that happened, essentially, was in 2008 when uh, the mortgage market collapsed Mm. and, you know, the 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 big insurers, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, AIG, you know, they had trillions of dollars of policies out there and they're not expecting to have to pay them all at once. That was, that's never, you know, if you're insur- if everyone get, all of a sudden gets in a car accident tomorrow, your insurance company is going bankrupt. <laughs> they're, <Yeah>. they're, not, <laughs> they're not designed for every car in the world to all of a sudden bonk into each other and, you know, need fr- need a frame job. And and so, you know, the insurance that exists isn't expecting that a hundred different meme stocks are all of a sudden get margin called and they're going to owe trillions upon trillions upon trillions. I mean, if if the stock hits $100,000 a share and there's the 45 million physical shares out there, you're looking at $45 trillion, right? But there's 800 million shares that could possibly exist. So I don't see how anyone gets out of this without the Federal Reserve printing money to... to cover all they're required by law to do this because if they don't print the money, the banks dry up. If the banks dry up, no one, you know, no one, no one has any money in their savings accounts. And, and, you know, the FDIC and the the federal insurance all of a sudden gets drained and, you know, you you don't have people getting car loans. No one can get credit cards. No one can get small business loans and the entire world economy just grinds to a halt. So they have no choice but to print, so essentially I think of my GameStop stock as just being like a federally backed security, <laughs> you know, it's, it might as well just be a currency at this point. It's, 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 you know, Safest I think, lottery ticket ever. Exactly. It's, you know, I, I think about you know the price of Bitcoin and, you know, there's 20 million Bitcoins in existence. Why is it worth $50,000? It doesn't produce a dividend. It doesn't produce, you know, uh, Goods or services—it's just this digital thing that can be erased by a solar mass ejection. ejection. And whereas my GameStop stock has—it's just as rare. It actually produces something, and you know it's in—it's in demand and being held onto just as tightly as like you know someone would a bag of gold. And you know why not? Why not invest the cost of an airline ticket into it? This is not financial advice. This is not financial
1: advice. Is what I'm doing. Yeah. This- <laughs> <laughs> I just always like to clarify. <laughs> yeah, situation. <laughs> but I still like part of my brain just goes, "This isn't possible." Like the SEC will step in, the government will step in, the brokers will refuse to pay. Like there's, there's, yeah. there's suggestions that like Etoro have said, uh, like in people have read like the terms and conditions of like broker of like retail brokers like uh, Etoro, where they've said, "Yeah, we we reserve the right to just cancel all trades." Um, regardless of of when they happened, if we won, and people are yeah. just like a, I'm, just waiting, I'm waiting to get screwed over. Basically, I'm waiting to yeah. have, to have like done the understanding of the rules and to have like done my homework and understood what's going on here, and you know, tried made a made a vaguely educated guess that this is probably gonna go up. Yeah. And then just be told, well, you know, if it was a hedge fund doing this, yeah, they'd get their money, but you, no, you're not getting it.
0: You know, that's, that's, I, th- I think a big concern with a lot of people. The, what we have going for us is one, there's a lot of international investors invested into this right now. A lot of retail investors, a lot of big firms are internationally invested into, into GameStop. And if the government US government does something shady where they they shut down trading or broker some sort of, you know, settlement or something, it will cause a lot of the globe to lose faith in the US markets. And after the shady stuff that happened in 2008, I don't think we can crash the global economy a second time <laughs> and, you know, only let those bad performers be the ones that that get away with it. Uh, And the other benefit, I think the, the long side has is that there are big wealthy funds that are on the side of GameStop Uh, and they want their money. (laughs) They want, they don't, they don't don't only want their money. They want to see Citadel die. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you saw any of the, the hearings, the congressional hearings they've done over the last couple of months, but, one of the interesting ones on the seventeenth was they spent several minutes basically at the multiple firms testifying like, yeah, Citadel can die tomorrow, we can take up their slack. <laughs> we're, we're like they're basically saying, Let them die, we can take over. And in 2008, you know, they had the meeting of the five or I should say, I think it was actually three investment banks. Uh, there were five at the time. There was J.P. Morgan, Merrill Lynch, uh, Goldman Sachs, Lehman Brothers, and uh, Bear Stearns. And Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers weren't invited. <laughs> the, the other ones got together. They're like, hey, hey uh, SEC and, and, and uh, FTC, let them die. We can take over. And like this is how they're they are so up shit creek that there's nothing you can do to save them. So let them die. We'll gollop, gobble up their assets for pennies on the dollar and uh we'll just jettison the garbage. And the government, you know, the Federal Reserve and the government were like, okay, yeah, that's fine. And I I think that that you know, they're probably looking at the books right now and probably saying there's no way Citadel can make it out of this. And there's probably strategy meetings happening between some big firms and big investment banks about, you know, letting them die. And uh, uh, I do think it's interesting that we're seeing margin calls, lots of margin calls happening this week from international uh, brokerages and investment banks and uh, uh, and not so much from the US because I think the international ones are a little smarter (laughs) than than the Americans are. Americans (laughs) are like, well, you know, they say the check is in the mail and the national ones were like, get the hell out now while you can. Okay. And uh, so they're, you know, I think it was Futu in Hong Kong has announced mm-hmm. that they, they got margin called or are going to get margin called based on their GameStop position. Uh, and, you know, they're probably the smart ones. They're like, get out now while well, the price is $200 a share. Then, you know, after the 15th one has been called and the price is $50,000 a share.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah like I still, like I still can't, quite believe that these numbers are real do you you get that sometimes oh yeah yeah it it doesn't it doesn't seem possible yeah but you don't think that these hedge funds with all their analysts and all their like institutional clout and all their historic
0: knowledge could be that stupid basically well they're, they're They're finance bros. Finance bros are like the dumbest people in the entire world. They're so stupid. They, you know, they they they'll hire someone like me, they'll hire an astrophysicist or a mathematician to run numbers for them, and then they'll just ignore it. They don't they don't pay attention to the smart people. They they have the smart people program their trading computers and do all that stuff, but then it comes down to you know chet chas ched. Ch- Chad'sworth Chadsworth the fourth, who's, you know, fourth generation business bro from Greenwich, Connecticut, who all he wants to do is play lacrosse and Mac on high school girls. And, you know, he, all he cares about is getting his money now and they don't think long-term at all. If they thought long-term, you know, the, the mortgage crisis never would have happened. <laughs> like, they, they don't, they, they want what they want now and they just assume the system will take care of them later. And the amount that Citadel and their compatriots have shorted everything, there's no way they survive this. There just isn't. And they're betting on everything to die. <laughs> and, you know, Amazon's still going to exist. Microsoft's still going to exist. You know, Walmart is still going to exist. So you can't bet on everything to die. It's all the... all all. You know, someone's going to have to die, and it sure as heck isn't going to be the people who actually make things. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that's 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 an Elon
1: Musk uh, thing. He was on—I can't remember what the interview was—but he was just like, "Look, if you don't make things, there are no things." Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it seems is- like a really stupid point, but it's true. Like, like the as much as this is a lot of speculation, like these companies, like a lot of these companies are actually based on on legit. Like, you know, they're yeah. providing a product or a service or 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 a combination of both. And this yeah. probably why, like the 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 they got caught on GameStop in the first place is because they like they underestimated the the, the business. They they thought it was done yeah. and and yeah. and it's and and you know, uh, Roaring Kitty Deep Fucking Value was just like well, uh, like in the in the video he put up in in August of last year. Um, he he's almost definitely going to be held up as like the Nostradamus of our generation.
0: Oh, definitely, yeah.
1: <laughs> but he he was just like, look, they they're they're underestimating the fundamentals. They the yeah. you know the the company is solid. They have a lot of stores. They have like a, there's a monstrous gaming industry, and people still want physical discs. And yeah. and these people have underestimated it. And it's funny you describe them as finance bros. You said like the the two guys in the big short where um, Mark Baum's character they go to the to the to the bank and they're like yeah so how what, what are you doing when you're giving out these loans and the guys are just it's just they're just like yeah we're just you know we're just handing out ninja loans no job no income you know. <laughs> yeah that's, they don't care they they got they got their they got their cut they're done yeah. Yeah.
0: you know yeah it's, it's like why are they confessing and it's like no they're bragging <laughs> exactly yeah you know they're they're like hey, look what I can do I can I can give this loan to this guy and I sell it to these assholes and uh, I'm out yeah. and that's you know, like who, you know, if, if you're the one who gets out, who cares what happens down the line? Mm-hmm. And, you know, speaking of like, like the fundamentals, you know, GameStop five, $6 billion in sales a year, right. A couple hundred million dollars profit. Why on earth <laughs> last May, could you buy the entire company for $200 million? <laughs> right. Chewy, make $6 billion in sales, and it'll cost you $50 billion to buy the entire company. You know, there's, there's weird things that where, where market fundamentals are not in play when it comes to these shorts. And even even with regular stocks, you know, as a geologist, I think about this company called Materion. Materion controls an entire square of the elemental table. They own all the berlium in the world. You cannot get beryllium without going through Materion. Their mine in Delta, Utah has $150 billion in beryllium in it. And it's the only place in the world you can get it. Why can you buy the entire company for a billion dollars? <laughs> they can charge whatever they want for beryllium because it has to go into everything. It has to go into the wiring of your car, otherwise the copper rusts. It, it makes your your steel hardened. It makes stainless steel. It, it It's used in everything. Why is this company that controls 150 billion dollars in assets worth only a billion dollars? It doesn't make any sense, right? Because market fundamentals are not in play for most stocks. What? Why is you know Amazon worth fifteen hundred dollars a share if they only give like a dollar in dividend? <laughs> well, that's not that. That doesn't make any sense. There's Phillips 66 will give you a dollar in dividend and stock costs 90 bucks, right? So these, these fundamentals that everyone touts and champions are never at play. If fundamentals were a thing, why on earth would people be even buying Bitcoin? Like the entire point of Bitcoin was that you can make you know, secret transactions that no one could follow. Well, that doesn't work anymore. They can trace exactly where the money's going with Bitcoin. And and if the entire purpose of Bitcoin is to pay criminals to do crime, <laughs> like that's not a really sound investment portfolio to to
1: i mean there's always going to also... be there's always going to be criminals and crime
0: exactly it's, <laughs> it's i mean there's speculation is what drives the price of almost everything you know speculation is what drives the housing market speculation is what drives the oil market speculation is what drives various stocks and you know so we can't always look at fundamentals as a reason why the performance of a certain stock performs a certain way because it's all fads people people you know, they all wore bell bottoms 40 years ago and (laughs) they don't today. Like if you had bell bottom stock in 1978, you're a God. (laughs) But if you had bell bottom stock in 1985, you're destitute. Right. (laughs) So these, these, you know, the, 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 the boomers that cry about fundamentals have no idea what's actually driving the market. The market's driven by, you know, supply and demand and why people demand things are basically monkey see monkey do they're you know most people buying gamestop have no idea what's going on they just know that their friend who's smarter than them told them to buy gamestop and that's it that's, pretty, like, cool.
1: that's pretty much I, how, how i got in <laughs> like I, I did the I get, research afterwards but my friend that's smarter yeah. than me told me about it and i was like hmm okay let's have.
0: A look. i have hundreds of people a day asking me like is the squeeze gonna happen like i have no idea <laughs> uh, is it gonna happen tomorrow like, i don't know <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen when it happens. And when it happens, we'll have days to f- discuss it. Mm. It's not that could be like it's going to squeeze in 40 minutes and be over. It's, you know, and and uh, the other message would be like, well, hit 193 today. Should I sell? Like, do your thing. Uh, I'm not selling until it's at least $100,000 a share because that's the only way it makes it worthwhile to me <laughs> is that, you know, I can put more shit boxes in my driveway. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs>
1: Oh, that feels like a fantastic place to 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 wrap things up there, man. We we have shot through nearly an hour already. That was uh I would love to to keep talking about it because I could talk about this all day. But um I have another uh yeah podcast to do in like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I am gonna say farewell. Thank you very much. I really hope I can get you back on at some point in order to yeah. talk about your uh your like actual uh work uh with your you know space mining, space planning, stuff, because yeah. that sounds super cool. Um so yeah, uh everyone follow Houston Wade. He is at at the Houston Wade on Twitter, uh check out his stuff and um don't listen to anything we've said. It's not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Have a great nope. day. No problem. Thanks very much, (laughs) ma'am. Bye bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, follow me on Twitter, or sign up to our mailing list. Thanks a lot to our sponsor, ExpressVPN, the number one most trusted VPN. Get lightning fast connectivity with servers in 160 locations across 94 countries. Keep your browsing privacy safe with ExpressVPN and get a 35% discount on 12 months of ExpressVPN when you follow the link in the description below don't forget my book is now out and available to order on amazon and on bookshop.org that's brexit the establishment civil war and most importantly thanks for listening we'll see you next time